wait, am I crazy? I feel like, did they have two movies? Or am I I think they did, but one was a concert in theaters, I'm pretty sure. How many documentaries have they had? (laughs) We interrupt our regularly scheduled programming. All right. Woo, woo, woo. Welcome back. Hello. Welcome Long time no see. Another episode of Girls with Fun. I think this is the quickest we've ever recorded another episode after posting an episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so we are trying to do some new things for you and for us. Um, we wanted to bring more... <sighs> How should I say this? Um, <laughs> a bit more intelligent conversation than what we've been giving for the past year, year and a half. No, half a year. How long have we been doing this? I think since September. But yeah, at the most fundamental level, yeah, I'm going to like do like everything in my power to like stop saying like you guys. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know if anyone else on this pod has seen Shit's Creek, but... My parents are always on my case about sounding exactly like Alexa, the, like, ditzy younger sister on Schitt's Creek, and that's not a brand I want to be known for, so (laughs) let's keep trying. Yeah, we're going to try and switch it up. So, today we are bringing you (laughs) a review of BTS's new docuseries called Break the Silence. I'm glad you had the name, because I'm, like, the (laughs) docu-series. Like, when are they going to run out of, like, BTS, like, letters to, like, burn the stage, bring the soul? Yeah. What was the other one? There's another. Break the silence. I, yeah. This one? I don't know. Anyway, good job. Glad you were prepared. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to do this review, um, really, because there's not that much content that they're putting out anyway. (laughs) So we thought we would just give you a quick little 30-minute review, uh, episode by episode. Uh, So we're going to start with the first episode. So this docuseries was released on May 12th, and the title of this first episode is Episode 1, Still Going On Together. You are so prepared. God bless. (laughs) Trying to give a narrative, so, you know, if you haven't watched it yet. Maybe you have. Just trying to, you know, lead you into it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, spoilers ahead. If you haven't watched, turn off now. Exactly. Listen us later. Watch this episode. <laughs> Do not listen to this podcast. <laughs> I should go without saying, but you never know. Right. Um, so we last left off with BTS in Bring the Soul, right? Which was the documentary that they released in November of 2019. That was the film that you can go into theaters and see. Um, and in that documentary, they last left off on leg three of the Love Yourself tour, which was in Europe, and the last show was in France. Uh, this documentary also had a docu-series of the same name released prior, which was Bring the Soul, (laughs) same name as the movie. Uh, and the way it ended, we could tell that it was not going to be the end of their journey and that we were pretty much going to get another 
I should say, no plot twist. I did not finish that docu-series. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so at the end of the documentary that came out in November, they pretty much left off, like, you could tell, okay, that we were going to get something else after this, right? So that's where we have Break the Silence. And it is starting off with leg four of the Love Yourself Tour, which is the Asia run that they did. Um, and it starts off in Japan. And so that's where we see them starting off in this episode with them going back on tour. They had like a really short break in between leg three and leg four. It was like two or three weeks. I just said light like 15 times. <laughs> So work in progress, right? Let's be gentle with ourselves. Oh. Okay. So let's start reviewing. Would you like to okay. go? Okay. Um, well, I didn't have anything chronological. I just flagged some things that jumped out at me. So I'm happy to just like share my thoughts and then in a kind of unstructured way. But then if you have a set plan, let me know. Uh, well, I wrote down my notes chronologically, but you can just go and then I'll just. Okay. I was taking notes as I was watching. So this is the digital version of deciphering your own handwriting. Um, cause I'm like stream of consciousness. What, what does this mean? But they replayed that mama speech. Uh, dang, you speak I all the way to the end. <laughs> I was just like traumatized okay like traumatized every time I see that clip like I can barely even listen to like don't leave me in crystal snow anymore because that was I guess when all of that was going down but the Tay with the red hair red hair Tay with like red suit just like sobbing uncontrollably on a stage like <laughs> like oh my god no um I like won't remember my I just said like 15,000 times I won't remember my own name but I will definitely remember that stage forever and always it really broke my heart okay, um let's stay on that topic okay go so, ahead that was all the way towards the end of the episode um and basically they were talking about how rough of a time they were having at the beginning of 2018 so it started making me think, like, what the heck happened in 2017 that they were, like, thinking about breaking up at the beginning of 2018. Um, so I actually went back and looked. <laughs> wow, I bow down before you. This is amazing. <laughs> I actually went back and, you carried this pod. and looked at uh, BTS's accomplishments in 2017 because they've done so much that I felt like, what happened to them that was like it was so much right that they felt like this was so overwhelming they were talking about breaking up okay so starting off from the beginning of 2017 um this is right after the release of wings and then in february we get the extended version of wings right yeah so release spring day um mm -hmm. from you never walk alone and they release not today and then on February 22nd, Wings becomes recognized as the top selling Korean physical album of the fourth quarter of 2016. So they're like breaking records with Wings. 
Namjoon puts out Change with Wale. Oh my gosh, that was 2017? Yeah. Spring Day appears at number 15 on, I don't even know what this chart is, but Spring Day starts charting because she's Spring Day. So. She stays charting, <laughs> as they say on Twitter. Um, on March 23rd, BTS kicked off the U.S. leg of the 2017 BTS Live Trilogy Episode 3, The Wings Tour at the Newark Prudential Center in New Jersey. So that's the show you went to, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, so this tour went from March all the way through October. Had they ever been on the road for that long prior? So they had, they toured previously in America before that, but it wasn't an arena tour. It was, um. Was it Red Bullet? Yeah, it was theater tour. So this is Mm -hmm. pretty big, right? They're now doing arena tours in America after just in what, 20. 15 they were there doing their like first shows in America I think it was 2015 yeah I don't know that's when I was living in Europe slash just getting becoming a fan 2015. so I don't remember anything about that sadly I think it was 2015 for the Red Bullet tour in America um so then in April 10th they were revealed to be a nominee for top social artists at the Billboard Music Awards. <laughs> I remember that. I voted for them every single day 50 times a day. Like it blew <laughs> my mind. Like I was <laughs> not playing around. <laughs> that was crazy. And then in tw- April 27th is when they first surpassed Miley Cyrus and Rihanna with the third most weeks at number 1 on the social artist chart. So this is where we start seeing like this long charting thing that we are still keeping up into 2020 of them topping the social artist chart. Wow. Um, then May 8th, it's announced that they're going to be attending the BBMAs, first ever for a K-pop boy band. Then May 21st, they win top social artists, first Korean group ever to receive an honor at the BBMAs. I literally have goosebumps. I know, right? Um, then we have Festa and Namjoon and Tay release four o'clock and Yoongi remakes so far away with Jin and Jungkook and this is where they change their brand name to include beyond the scene and then they (laughs) (laughs) so it's a lot going on like they're completely renewing themselves in 2017 they're like showing that they're transitioning from is that when they released their new logo as well yeah the branding thing okay sorry i didn't mean to interrupt um and then they remake saltaji and the boys iconic comeback home so they're working with their, like, idols that they looked up to when they were younger. Then August 23rd, they confirmed the release date for Love, Your- Love Yourself Her, right? Oh, my God. And then <laughs> Jimmy releases Serendipity on September 4th. Then DNA teasers released on September 14th. Then Hers dropped on September 18th with DNA. Then they become the first Korean act to break into top 10 of the Billboard 200 on September 24th, and they, it peaked at number seven. My God, this is like, they're doing a lot. Then they launched the UNICEF, the UNICEF Love Yourself, no, I can't even say this right, 
on October 31st, they launched the UNICEF Love Myself fundraising campaign. Actually, go back. O October 17th, Line Friends announces a BT21 collaborative line. Like, they're doing so much in 2017. It's absolutely insane. And you have to keep in mind, too, that so much of this stuff was in the works before it was, like, announced to us. Right. So they had probably been working literally nonstop since exactly. mid-2016. I mean, since probably debut, but especially since mid-2016. Right. And then November 3rd, they confirmed that they're going to perform at the AMAs, which is going to be the first time to have, like, a K-pop group perform at an American award show. Then Namjoon changes his name from Rat Monster to RM. So he's going through change <laughs> himself. Oh, my God. And then they appear on Jimmy Kimmel Live on November 15th. And they Is that the one where people were, like, climbing the fences outside <laughs> of the venue because it was like outdoors but there was like a high school nearby and people were like clinging from fences <laughs> or like hiding in the bleachers or I don't know what yeah exactly and then, I remember that too that thing, yeah. they were on the Ellen show and the late show with James Corden that was the iconic flinch fruit scene yeah exactly Tay is the only one with perfectly <laughs> controlled facial expression <laughs> And then November 19th, they performed DNA at the AMAs. Mm -hmm. Then we get the Mic Drop remix on November 23rd. Well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, on November 23rd. When was Mic Drop released? Was that part of uh, That was part of her. Repackage? Oh, her. Okay. And then the remix. Same year, though. J cheese. Yeah. Um... I feel tired just hearing all of this. And then at the end of the year, December 12th, they're confirmed that they're going to be on the Dick Clark's New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest. I remember that. And then on the 31st, there they are on the New Year's Rockin' Eve. I think that was pre-recorded, though. They did that the same time they were doing the outdoor concert for Kimmel or whatever. Yeah, I think it was pre-recorded, but still, like, I mean, nonetheless, yeah. The fact that they were on this nationwide show that everyone watches at the end of the year in America, I should say. Yeah. I was going to say, do we need to provide background on what this is <laughs> for anyone? But, um, like, the biggest New Year's Eve thing. I've watched it every year with my family. Yeah. While eating, like, copious amounts of, like, yeah. eggs everyone in a blanket and, like... <laughs> cheese and pretzels and yeah. apparently they must watch it too because when they got to be on it the second time no june was commenting that he like watches it so i don't know how but <laughs> it seems like somewhere someone's overseas is watching it as well but anyway it's a large-scale event high visibility to have just about everyone in america watching you perform um all out of curiosity oh go ahead no, I was just saying all of that happened in 2017, so I can see why they felt so overwhelmed in the beginning of 2018 that they would... It's, it's hard for me to understand them talking about breaking up, but I can see why they felt like this is getting to be a lot. Do we really want all of this? Is this what we really signed up for? Yeah. Um, one, out of curiosity, if you have the timeline... I don't know if you know, when was the Japanese album actually released? Like, when would they have been recording 
those songs. I think it said it and I skipped over it. Or you said it and I was just so overwhelmed that I blacked out. Um, it said something, but I thought like the album was called something else. You mean like Face Yourself? Yeah. I think Face Yourself came out in 2018, I think. I'm looking at, or I can, like, perfectly envision the album art. It's, like, the profile of the face with the blue and purple, like, smoke swirls. I think Face Yourself came out after, if I'm not mistaken. It's so crazy to me. Because... Yeah, it came out April 4, 2018, so it hadn't come out yet. Okay. But again, they're probably recording it right around then. Right. Yeah, it's crazy because I loved those songs, and I can barely listen to them now without, like, ugly crying. But, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I can understand the stress for sure. Um. <sighs> so, I went back and watched that video the actual full speech. I refused to watch that speech <laughs> for so long. Um, I'd seen it one time and I had not seen it again until I watched it yesterday. That was so hard to watch. <laughs> like, God, that, <laughs> that is awful. Um, I feel like we see the Machina line cry just about like all the time. Like we've seen them cry for <laughs> times, right? But, like, we don't really see the young line cry at, like, very rarely. But, like, to see, like, Hobie cry like that was really hard to watch. And Namjoon's, like, cackling in the back, but he's also crying <laughs> at the same time. And I mean, to be fair, Ari, the Mockney line, like, we have seen them cry, as you well pointed out. But Tay was, like, flat out sobbing. There's, like, crying, and then there's, like, yeah, sobbing, tears pouring out. Like, was he was bad. sobbing. Like, and he wasn't crying as hard until Jen mentioned that they almost broke up at the beginning of the year. Like, that really, like, tipped him over the edge. And that was rough. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. Like, Jungkook has to console him on stage. Like, so he's hard. literally, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I'm always worried. I don't know. I have this thing in my head. This is totally unverified. This is my own opinion. I do not have any insider knowledge, but the way Tay was crying and knowing what he went through that year from a personal level as well in the year prior, like, this is my opinion, but I'm fairly certain that if anyone was going to leave, it was probably Tay. I mean, Kid had, like, a lot of shit going on, so. But that's just my conspiracy theory tinfoil hat hypothesis i could be totally wrong so yeah feel free to disregard i don't know um i mean it was just interesting that in the same breath hobie was talking about how 2018 was like the best year that he's had or he thinks it's one of the best years that bts has ever had really with all the accomplishments that they achieved and personally it was a great year for him because he finally achieved his dream of releasing his own mixtape. Um, Wait, sorry, I have a dumb question. Mama 2018 is at the end of 2017, right? It's like a look ahead. So 2017 that we just talked through was the bad year because the first concert I went to, or it was a good year, but the overwhelming year. And no. then 2018 was better for them. No. 
Well, I mean, I thought we talked about the Wings tour. 2018 was better for them, but Mama 2018 happened at the end of 2018. Okay, so at the beginning of 2018, sorry, I got confused yeah. there. So at the beginning of 2018, they had debated breaking up after everything that went down in 2017. Right. Yeah, so maybe it was a good year for them after, because I think, I don't think it was in this documentary series, maybe it was one of, in one of the other ones, that like after they got past, or maybe just an interview, after they got past that, like they were all like right back in. And like, when did they re-sign their new seven-year contracts? They did that in 2018. So maybe they had kind of like a reckoning early in the year. And then after they realized like, yes, this is what we want to be doing. Things that's got the, way better after that. That's the thing for me though. Like there was no indication that they were even thinking about breaking up. We never saw any of that. I mean, yeah. if you really think about it, if they've never done this docuseries, we probably wouldn't have gotten as much of an intimate and um inside look into their relationship and their dynamic as a group as we have now now that we have the docuseries because they've never really given us anything like this before i mean they would share their feelings and stuff like that with us but we never really saw like the group having conflict or them like sitting down Mm -hmm. and talking about their feelings on or their view of themselves as artists in this in-depth manner so it was crazy to hear that at the end of the year that they were thinking about breaking up at the beginning of 2018. They went through an entire year together and then Jin just drops this bomb on us. Like, yeah. yeah. First of all, kudos to Jin for being so real at like a public awards ceremony. Yeah. That guy in his own unique way is such a free spirit and I'm so grateful right. to him because probably they might not have ever owned up to it if he hadn't publicly announced kind it. of alluded to it in his speech right before Jen that something wasn't right yeah mentioning like especially after this year and it was like okay well what happened this year and then Jen's like well yeah I almost broke up yeah <laughs> I remember like extreme tunnel vision or like when I was watching it for the first time it felt like things were slowing down like I must have had a huge spike of adrenaline like no 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 you know, just totally shocked, or I think I even ran it back, like, did I actually hear that, yeah. or read that correctly? I was yeah. Do you I would be interested to see, one other thing I just want to say about this, and then we can move on, because <laughs> I don't know where we're at with our timeline, but um, if, I bet if we went back and rewatched um, the very first YouTube docuseries, and then, like, watched them all in order back to back, I do feel that we would see um even more of an opening up like the thing with Jen was so shocking to me I think because it reminded me how much even what we see is like what we choose to see and what they choose to show us right like I'm sure the really juicy stuff gets cut let's just be real but I do appreciate their honesty yeah so I appreciate that they're being I feel like they're even being they're being even more honest with us in this docu series. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, because didn't Nam June tell us like this one was going to be rough? <laughs> I feel like he don't did. say that to me. Yeah, <laughs> and then no, I think he did, and I'm getting that vibe. The rest of my notes are very much that vibe. Like it says, "Sugar is making me nervous." Uh, RM's comment about one boat looking different ways, like. 
I think <clears throat> it will, it remains to be seen how the series will play out. It seems like so far they've always been like, we're a family. These guys are my family. And it's true. But there was a comment, I think it was a later one, but like, it was all about like trust and like how much I trust them to do what they need to do, even if I'm not feeling well. It wasn't even necessarily like a friendship. The language they were using did make it seem like more businessy, but beyond that, I don't really know how to articulate what I'm trying to say, but I think it's less of a focus on them as like seven and a little bit more focus on them as seven individuals. Well, I think that's what's great about this group. You know, usually most groups, when they want to do solo things, well, they break up, but they don't stay together. <laughs> like, think about all the Western groups. If these Western artists want to go solo, they go solo. They don't stay with the group and put out a solo album. Like, it's over. It's done. It usually ruins yeah. the entire group because they're not on the same wavelength. But somehow BTS is able to balance wanting to have different interests, but also still sharing a common goal. And yeah. together. I mean, I guess they could have broken up if they wanted to, right? But they chose not to because they, like they said, like they had a common goal from the beginning mm -hmm. and they're better together and they're going to stick it out and ride it out until the end. Like Jimin said, like, it's too early for us to say we've completed our journey. So I'm glad that they were able to resolve whatever conflicts or feelings that they were having in the beginning of 2018 to stick together tough it out together um i also think that's what makes bts so special or one of the things that makes bts so special that because they started pretty much with nothing unlike other groups that start off in companies where they have the funds to put together a super nice group and they have the funds to have these super nice producers and someone to write music for them and have all these cool music videos or whatever and have like these stylists with the Gucci and whatever, like straight out the gate. We just didn't have any of that. So yeah. all they had in the beginning was themselves and their own talent. So they had to like force this bond to stick together. That's what, I don't know. I think that's what makes it's so special for me at least like you can tell some of these other groups they don't really like each other like they're just in it they're just in it so that they can achieve their dream but not a collective dream um yeah they're in it for money fame whatever it is they're in it for but not actually to like stick together like once it's all over they're like whatever i'll go my own way but i feel like bts is in it for the long haul and that's what makes it so special there was one point Jin was talking about like how he doesn't feel like he's talented enough and I was like dude what are you talking about yeah <laughs> I was like it's what are crazy you... to me what like to see how far he has come from the beginning to now and for him to still think that he like it's not enough it's like my guy you're more than enough but yeah we always see ourselves as less no yeah that's true like think about how great Bongtan is doing right now and they still feel like I could do more I could be better 
I think that's yeah. what keeps them going too, is that they feel like I can do better than this. Maybe I need to like print out pictures of Jin and just like paper them all over my wall. And whenever <laughs> I'm like feeling bad about myself, I'm like, this guy, this beautiful, talented, smart, funny man thinks he's not good enough. Like you're totally normal for thinking this, but you need to move past it. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there something else? There was um, so I, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the RM, the one boat looking different ways, like how they're all in the same boat moving together. Uh-huh. Did you make anything of that? I mean, I already mentioned it, but I want to get your take on it. Well, I just think it's like, yeah, they have like all these different interests and they have these different personalities and they have these different mindsets, but that's what makes up the group. That's what, that's what gives them all these cool ideas for their songs or their dances or their look, whatever it is that they're going for. You have to have, you have to have differences in order to have this complete vision, I guess. Like, you know, that's what, that's what teamwork is basically about. Like if everyone was on the same track, you wouldn't really get anywhere or you would for only so long. <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's what keeps them, like what keeps them growing and evolving that they all are doing different things or they think differently or have different goals than just them all thinking the exact same way. Did you find that a little, like, lonely? Or, like, I swear to God, I'm done after this. But, like, did you? Like, because I think that's really cool. And I think for all of the reasons you said, I I thought that was interesting that they bring unique perspectives. They're all picking up different things from the experience that they're having right now. But it also struck me as, like, I think maybe because they've built up this narrative of like seven together, it hit me as like seven together, but still sort of alone. Like only you can see what you're seeing. Uh, or now you didn't think of it. And I'm like <laughs> in need of like some sunlight and vitamin D. Um, I, I guess originally I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, it, it, it can come off sounding a little a little lonely yeah are you looking in are you looking in different directions not facing each other that was the image in my head but I mean I guess as long as you can bring it back around and communicate to the other people you're with like what it is that you're seeing it can make you a lot stronger yeah I thank god that they have good communication I guess (laughs) I mean we see them like talk out their differences and they're able to come together like Namjoon was saying when they would have differences he would be like get over it we gotta I know yeah I always thought about that from whatever previous documentary it was where he's like hugging someone or being like I think it was Tay and he's like we're BTS and like that's all he says I'm like dude I'm mad right now okay like don't tell me to calm down like I want to be selfishly pissed for like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think that also worries me too that 
they don't have time to like process yeah <laughs> they don't have yeah also certain feelings or things that most people would like how do you get space from someone you gotta live in the same dorm with <laughs> you know like they yeah. have to work it out they, there's no other option is that or you don't like you leave you don't <laughs> you don't stay together yeah so. and it's like whenever Suga has said in interviews like oh we don't fight and then I saw that. I was like, you don't fight or you like sweep it under the rug when you do fight. Like sweeping it under the rug is not actually dealing with it. Like that could come back to bite you in the ass later. But I have to trust that they're dealing with it. Maybe yeah. I'm just like a high touch person in the sense of like we need to talk through this and like be upset about it and then move on versus some people are just like over it in two seconds. There was also a moment where Jen was talking about how I guess the scale of the tours have just gotten so big that it's different from it's different playing at arenas than it is playing at domes or stadiums like they're so exhausted like the next day he said he just wants to collapse and I'm like they don't even get a moment to recuperate like I mean they were talking about Jungkook overdoing it as well yeah and like showed him icing his legs <laughs> yeah maybe that's normal they, i don't know they don't get a moment like the next day like okay you just did a crazy big show and the next day you have to go do another one <laughs> like they don't get a moment to revitalize and like gain their yeah. back. they have to keep going i'm like how hard is that on the human body um, and even this and is also definitely oh go ahead i'm like and on the brain like how hard is that mentally and physically to do what it is that they do like all props to them for being able to perform and like be true entertainers because they're not even just like I don't want to say a curse word but they're not like halfing it (laughs) (laughs) up on stage like they're going like full out shoot sometimes they're going like way over their limit just to give us a good show and then to come back and do it again the next day like that's insane yeah also, Hobie, final point I want to say, this was definitely F1. Hobie saying how he, like, gets nervous because you can't make a lot of changes, but he doesn't want their concerts to, like, get boring. Oh, my for God. For Army. And I was like, Hobert, <laughs> what world are you living in? Like, I was like, bro, what are you talking about? You how know, am I bored? I've seen this concert on Twitter. I don't care when I, it's yeah. like, live in front of my face. There's nothing that you could do that would... I don't care if I'm seeing the same thing I just saw on the internet. Like, right. I can see it again. It's different in person. It doesn't compare. It doesn't and he's saying how they can't really improvise because people want to see what they saw online. I want to be like, you're a performer. This isn't like an Instagram mural wall. That I, <laughs> like, it's supposed to be like interactive. Like, you are a person and a performer. And you could, they could give me the exact same thing over and over again, or they could switch it up and give something different. Like, it wouldn't, <laughs> it's going to be an amazing experience. I think, I think they are putting a lot of emphasis on their, okay, how do I explain it? So it's, it is important for the performer to give a good performance. So I can't say that that's not a factor, but I think that um, a person's view of how they 
felt about that performance has many more factors than just the performance itself. Like leading up to it, from you buying the tickets, from you like getting to the venue, to the experience you had while you were waiting for them to come out in the show, to like after the performance. There's like so many things that factor into, did I think this was a good show or not? <laughs> like I felt like he was putting so much weight on the performance itself as opposed to there's so many factors that go into someone's mind of why they think it's a great performance or not it's not just whether you kept it the same or whether you switched it up to show something different I don't know it's also interesting because in that same segment I think it was Tay who said you know we're always changing our hair color or our wardrobe to like make it special for army and you know i i'm not saying that western artists don't think about their hair color or wardrobe in the same way but because k-pop is so visual i almost feel that there's a double bind for bts like they're doing so you know like the double bind kind of like damned if you do damned if you don't like this expectation exists that you know, K-pop is this really visual element and they have to do all this stuff when there's plenty of Western artists that go on stage and strum their guitar <laughs> for two hours and like cargo pants for fuck's sake. Like, I don't know, but I like, I'm it doesn't a picture of that person in my head. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but like, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like they're at the level of competing globally or whatever. They're globally famous, but the old standards that still restrict them or, like, make it harder for them are still there. Maybe not restriction, but they have to think about so much more. There's more to navigate. And that's where I feel like it comes in where they're almost being too hard on themselves because it's like, there's people that do the bare minimum and they, (laughs) you know, and they get just as much appreciation they earn just as much money they sell out just as many shows they sell just as many cds well maybe not just maybe not cds yeah (laughs) maybe not just as many but you know like they are successful yeah Uh, but i guess that's what sets them apart is that they offer way more like if you think about top artists like beyonce Oh my God, like, you know, the visuals and things that she gives you, it's similar in the same sense that, did I just compare Beyonce and BTS? It's it's similar in the same sense of how they go above and beyond. Um, And that's why they are looked at in such a high place because they go above and beyond. They don't just do the minimum and get credit for it. (laughs) Well, this might be wading into a conversation about privilege as well, potentially. Yeah, there's also that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that was really eye-opening. I have to go back and watch the second one. I haven't watched the third one at all. Yeah, the uh, first one I think was mostly set up, and we've still talked this long. And, like, I have way more notes about, like, episode two and episode three. There was so I'm excited. I wanted to touch on, but I think we can talk about it maybe at the start of the next one. 
up to you. Or you I'll can, discuss I'll, it now if you're feeling it and we can decide. I'll say it and I'll let you think on it. They they asked them a question, do you, does BTS symbolize anything? And they found that question so hard. <laughs> and I'm like, why were they having a having trouble with that? But um I'll let us sit on it. And then yeah, let's marinate on mar <laughs> ruminate, marinate. Think about that. One thing though, I'll leave it on a high note or kind of high note. <laughs> How is Hovey able to do that interview at the top of the arena and like no one noticed? Uh, how do we not talk about this earlier? He's like, they can't see me, right? They don't know I'm up here. You better believe every concert we ever go to after this. I'm going to be there with some, like, expensive binoculars looking all around. I mean, literally up there, like, throwing hearts, waving at them. No one, not one person. You're telling me no one has, like, nosebleed seats and was, like, already just chilling, waiting? <laughs> or, like, was he, yeah, why was no one even at the ground level, like, just looking around, taking in the ambiance? I definitely remember, like, really crazily, like, trying to, like, film everything and take pictures, like, at wing before anyone had even sat down, because I was like, oh, my God, it's here, it's happening, oh, my God, <laughs> like, you know, I can't believe no one saw him, like, no one was zoning out, not even in the nosebleed seat, no one was looking the other way, taking in the, I guess, they were in a dome too, so the scale is like way different than in arena. Like I can imagine if I was like trying to look for him in a stadium, I probably wouldn't notice. <laughs> no, though, to be totally honest, there was that thing going around Twitter of like Spot Jungkook at the Ariana Grande concert, and like I could not even see him. Spotting one person in an arena is hard. People yeah. were like, only true armies get it. I'm like, well, when he's wearing a bucket hat down to his nose, like. I'm looking for the bucket hat. I'm not recognizing much else. Like, yeah, I just found that those people were probably so shocked when they watch it back. Also, them singing for you to them during the concert break was so cute. Oh my god! Oh, I know. We should like wrap up, even though we're not yeah. going to include like an hour of this conversation. <laughs> So <laughs> that wraps it up for our talk on the first episode of the docuseries. We will talk about the next episode, episode two, in our next podcast. I'm excited. Hopefully I didn't spoil too much <laughs> with my crazy notes, but I have more. I did save some, so... Yeah, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm sure I'll have more to say as well, so. Great. Well, until next time. See you later. Bye.